Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Monday, January 2nd, first weekday broadcast of 2023. Can you believe that? Here we are, 2023. I thank the Lord for a good day in the Lord's house yesterday, and I thank the Lord for a good year this past year. And I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us this year. I know that this year will have difficulties as last year did. I also know that this year will have blessings as last year did. And I'm looking to the Lord to help us through the difficulties and to help us give him glory through the blessings. Amen. And so I hope that you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message. I ended the year last year with a one-day year-end message Today, I'm going to begin the new year with a one-day message. This was preached in the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church back a few months ago, and I trust it'll be a blessing to you as we go into this sermon. I'm preaching on the word but, but that blessed conjunction. That's the title of the message today, just a one-day sermon. But first, here's the Shepherd family singing one entitled, It's Gonna Be Wonderful. And it's not just talking about this new year. It's talking about when Jesus comes and we enter glory. Amen. And it is time to look back in the Scripture. Our portion of Scripture for today's message is going to be found in Ephesians chapter number 2, that famous, well-known portion of text. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 And I'm bringing a topical message today that I trust will be a blessing to you. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Just remain standing, if you will. Turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter 2 is very familiar. And I'm going to preach a topical message tonight. Go through some different, different verses, different texts. But I don't think it'll be long. To be honest with you, I just got a, a few pages of notes and some thoughts that the Lord uh, nudged my heart with. And I hope that it'll be a blessing to you and a help to you. Ephesians chapter number 2. Now, verse number 1, and read down through verse number 5. And uh, as I said, very familiar. We're not even going to complete the sentence, but we'll get a thought that I hope will be will be helpful. When I read Paul's writings, especially uh, his epistles, uh, the church epistles, I'm, I think back when I was in school, they used to get on to me for run-on sentences, they called it. Run-on sentences. I think my English teacher ought to read Paul the Apostle. His first sentence goes through the first seven verses. And so we're not even going to complete a sentence. But he, he has so many thoughts packed in one sentence. Amen. And uh, it, it's a blessing to me. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1 and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And by the way, I was mistaken. Right there is a period. I was thinking it ran all the way to chapter, to verse 7. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. But that period's not in there by mistake. The King James Bible's right. I just made a mistake. Amen. 
Some folks say, I've got to be right in the Bible. There's got to be a mistake there. Amen. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. I'm going to stop right there. I do believe God has a purpose for every service. I really believe He has a purpose for every person in every service. And like he said, there's a place he wants to get us to. There's something perhaps he wants to prepare us for. There's something perhaps he wants us to get right about. I don't, but there's, he's got a purpose. I do believe in every service. And uh, this one tonight, I, I think I know in the direction that he wants us to go. And I hope that it, that he'll help us do that. And as you read these verses, every little bit, I said Paul has those run on sentences. Every little bit, he could have stopped and been done with that. For example, look at verse number 1. Could have been a sentence in itself. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's where we were, right? That's exactly where we were. But God did, God brought us out of that. That's the point that he's making. You hath he quickened. He, he's made you alive. You were dead in trespasses. In verse 2, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. He could have stopped right there. You used to walk after the devil. The devil led you about like you had a ring in your nose. Amen. The devil led you about. But God delivered us from that. That's the point that he's making. All right. Then he says about this prince of the power of the air, he's the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Again, he could have stopped right there. That's what's going on in our world. You wonder why our world's gone crazy? It's because the devil's leading them about. They're following him. They're listening to him. Right? They're doing what he wants them to do. That's why the world's like it is. Why are we not caught up in that? By the grace of God. That's why. Just the grace of God. Amen. But look at verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation. There was a time we were right in there with them. Amen. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So all that is exactly where we were. The picture he's painting there is a bad, bad picture. And then verse number 4, God butts in. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy... For His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. I want to preach for just a few minutes on this thought tonight, that word, but. And I'll call it, but, that blessed conjunction. That blessed conjunction. When God butts in. When you read these verses, and we've all heard preachers reference this, or people other than preachers, Sunday school teachers and different ones reference this, that when you look at that, we were dead in sins, that sounds bad. We walked according to the course of this world, that's bad. We walked according to the prince of the power of the air, that's bad. We walked in the lust of our flesh, that's bad. We walked according to the desires of the flesh and of the mind, that's bad. And we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, that's bad. Until God butts in. Amen. Thank God He did. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy. Amen. So I want to thank for a few few minutes tonight on this thought. But that blessed conjunction. 
I want to look at some other places in the Bible. If you're in Galatians, turn back. I mean, you're in Ephesians, turn back in Galatians. Chapter number 2 and verse number 20 is the verse we all know well. And this blessed conjunction is in this verse. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Here it is, but Christ liveth in me. Amen. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So Paul here in Galatians 2.20 makes that grand announcement. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Christ died and I died with him. That's what he's saying. But Christ rose again and I live with him. He's living in me. That's what he's talking about there. Amen. I'd still be a dead man if not for Christ. That's the point that he's making. But Christ. Amen. Christ but it in. I'm glad he lives in you and I. Amen. Turn back to Acts chapter number 12. I'll show you another place where God butts in and uh, that there's that blessed conjunction. Acts chapter number 12. Another familiar story. In Acts chapter 12, first few verses, Herod uh, is wreaking havoc in the church. He's killed James. He captures uh, Peter. And we'll read about that, verse number 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and is delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Here it is. But prayer was made for him. Amen. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Amen. So here's what I got to thinking about. I got to thinking about how that Peter was captured. Peter was imprisoned. Uh, the, by the way, Herod, uh, Herod's a wicked man himself. Anyway, Herod kills James, the brother of John, one of those sons of thunder. Herod killed him right off the bat. And he saw that, that those Christ-rejecting uh, uh, religious Jews, the Pharisee Jews, had uh, were, were pleased with that, and so he decides uh, he's going to he's going to go after more of those Christians, and so he goes after Peter. Peter's probably uh, the the loudest mouth. Peter's the one that's preaching. Peter's the one that's got the attention, and so he goes after Peter, and Peter is captured. Peter is imprisoned. Peter is chained between sixteen soldiers. It looks like four quaternions of soldiers, four groups of four. And they're keeping him bound tight. And the Bible says, but prayer was made. Amen. Thank God for that blessed conjunction. Amen. God but sin. Now, here's what got me. I got to thinking about in, in all this. I got to thinking about the fact we can look around us. We can see that things are growing really dark, really quick in our world around us. Matter of fact, for some people, it's already dark. Really dark for some people. Say, so what are we going to do? Well, I'll tell you what we can do. We can look at the pages of this blessed old book and we can see many other times when it was pretty dark, but God butted in. Amen. But God showed forth His 
power. God showed forth His grace. Now, how did He do that? Here's what I thought. What we need again, we need God to move. How are we going to see God move? We need Christ to shine through us. How's He going to do that? We need to get back to prayer, but prayer needs to be offered. Amen. Things are bad in Washington, but prayer ought to be offered. Things are bad in, in, uh, in Kentucky in the capital, but prayer ought to be offered. Things may be bad in your home, but prayer ought to be offered is the point that I'm making. Amen. And God can butt in when we'll get a hold of God and pray. Amen. I got to thinking about how just this book, you just go back to the first, start at the very first, and you start off with Adam and Eve. Imagine Adam standing there, naked and exposed, the serpent still standing by, and he hears the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool of the evening. And Adam remembers what he heard God say, that in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Things look pretty dark for Adam, but God had a plan. God announced that through the seed of the woman, the serpent, his head was going to be bruised. Amen. And then God offered a covering, amen, for Adam and Eve. Hallelujah. Amen. I just say God butted in with a promise. Dark right there in Adam's life. Dark. And I remember the day when there I was standing exposed before God where the gospel, matter of fact, I should say it this way, the law had stripped me of all my covering. Amen. The law showed me that I was a naked sinner before God. I was guilty before God and God was right to condemn me. But the gospel pointed me to the fact that there's a Savior on the cross, amen, who had bruised Satan's head for me. Amen. There's a covering, amen, offered for me as well. I'm just talking about right there in the beginning of the Bible. Then, then you think about Noah. Noah's in a pretty bad place. He's completely surrounded by sinners. That every imagination of their thoughts of their heart was only evil continually. That's what was around Noah. It was so bad that God became sorry, said it repented him, that it even made man on the earth. And God decided, I'm going to destroy the world. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to destroy mankind from off of the face of the earth with a flood. But in Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 8, God butted in. Amen. The Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Pretty dark, but God butted in. I thought about, there's right at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis at the very beginning, then chapter number 6. Go to the end of the book of Genesis, chapter number 50 or thereabouts. In the last several chapters, you find a young man by the name of Joseph. Things look pretty bad in Joseph's life. Amen. Things look pretty bleak in Joseph's life. He's hated by his brethren. He's been sold uh, into slavery. He's been lied on by Potiphar's wife. He's been cast into prison. He's been forgotten by the butler. Things look pretty bad for old Joseph. But here's what Joseph said. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. Amen. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. I'm just simply saying that we could go through the pages of the Bible over and over and over and we could find places where it was as dark as today or darker yet. But God moved. Amen. But God moved. It's not that we have the power to make Him move, but we sure could beg Him to. We ought to. We sure could ask Him to. We ought to. Amen. But we could go through all these different pages and talk about place after place after place 
where God moved in the midst of a dark and trying time. Let, let me give you one more, and, I, and I'll quit. I'll quit with this one. I think about how dark it was when Ahab and Jezebel was in control. You remember that? Book of First and Second Kings, amen. And uh, Ahab and Jezebel was on the throne in Israel. The nation was at an all-time low as far as religion was concerned, as far as faithful prophets of the Lord God. Jezebel had managed to kill all the faithful prophets, or they were hiding in a cave. Amen. It's out of business. No churches was open for business except Jezebel's churches. Amen. She had hired out false prophets that were prophesying in the name of Baal, filling the land with their idolatry, and the land was full of Baal worship. And Ahab ran up against one man who said he wasn't going to sell out to Ahab. Naboth said, my vineyard's not for sale. You remember that? When Naboth took his stand for God, Jezebel came up with a plan. Jezebel had lies told on Naboth. Jezebel had a kangaroo court set up and had him inappropriately and unethically convicted and executed for a crime he didn't even do. Then his land was confiscated and given to the king. You say, boy, it looks pretty bad. Nobody stood up. Nobody stood up for Naboth. Nobody stood up for God's word and what God said was right. But God butted in with a man by the name of Elijah. Amen. Brother Steve talked about the life of Elijah. And well, we saw a lot of stuff in there. This man, Elijah, would stand up against the wickedness of King Ahab and wicked Queen Jezebel. Amen. God butted in with a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah was a bold man. Amen. Elijah was a man that could call on God to shut up the heavens and it wouldn't rain for three years. You remember when Elijah's first found, he's face to face with Ahab and he said to Ahab, he said, it's not going to rain for the space of three years. Really, he said, it's not going to rain till I say it's going to rain. God told him to tell him that. Amen. And so God sent this man, Elijah, a bold man, a man that could shut up the heavens, a man that could call fire down out of heaven. A man that wasn't afraid to stand up against all those prophets of Baal. Amen. A man that was willing to mock them and when they were calling on their God. He gave them the first chance, by the way. He said, we'll prove who's the real God. If Baal sends forth fire, he can be God. If, if God sends forth fire, let him be God. Amen. But Elijah, Elijah was bold enough and Elijah believed God enough that he not only gave them the chance to, to go first, he not only uh, mocked them when they were doing their their charismatic mess that they were doing. But I tell you what Elijah did. Elijah got them to get barrels of water, barrel after barrel of water. They dug ditches around and they poured the water on the on the offer uh, the the offering, yeah, and on the sacrifice, and it filled the water with ditches. And Elijah prayed, and the fire came so much that it consumed the offering, and it consumed even the stones of the altar, amen, and licked up all the water out of the ditches. Now that's God, amen. That's God. This man Elijah was powerful. He was a prophet, powerful enough that he even defied death and went to heaven alive in a whirlwind, in a chariot of fire. Amen. Amen. But here's the point I want to make about that. This is where I, this is what I was thinking about that got me to this point. It wasn't Elijah that butted in. It was God that butted in. That power that brought down the fire out of heaven wasn't Elijah's power. 
It was God's power. That power that shut up heavens wasn't Elijah's power. It was God's power. That power that opened the heavens and the sound of abundance of rain was not Elijah's power. It was God's power. You remember when Elijah went up in that whirlwind? Elisha saw it. And Elisha had asked. Elijah asked him what he wanted. He said, give me a double portion. And uh, Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. But he said, if you see me go up, you can have it. And so as Elijah went up in that whirlwind, he let fall his mantle. And Elisha picked up that mantle. On their way out of Israel, by the way, out of the promised land, into that place uh, there in Moab where that uh, Elijah would go up into heaven. As they had gone out of Israel, Elijah had smitten the waters with that mantle and the waters of Jordan rolled back and they walked on, on dry ground. You remember that? And then Elijah goes up into heaven. So Elisha now picks up that mantle. He's got to get back into the promised land. He's got to go on and finish the work that Elijah had done. And he, here's what he does. He takes that mantle and he smites the waters just like he saw Elijah do. But he did not say, where is the power of Elijah? He didn't need Elijah to butt in. He needed God to butt in. Amen. He said, where is the power of the Lord? Or he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Amen. He recognized what he needed was not more of Elijah. He needed more of God. Amen. And this, this is the thought I've got. What we need in America and what we need in our church, what we need across our land is not some super-powered evangelist or some super-powered preacher. We need God in our services again. Amen. We need God to meet with us on a Wednesday night. Amen. We need God to go with us on a Thursday morning. Amen. We need God to show up on a Sunday morning. And throughout our life, we need God. Amen. And that's what, there in that New Testament, there in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul's talking about what God did for you way back then. And He's still the same God. And He's still able to do the same today for others. Amen. And Paul said there in Galatians, It's not I that live, but Christ lives in me. Amen. The government may be against the church. The government may want to shut the churches down. But prayer ought to be made without ceasing unto God. Amen. That's what happened there in the book of Acts, chapter number 12. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm done. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.